Welcome to Beyond the Bio, a podcast that dives deep into the exceptional leaders at Bain and spotlights the incredible work they're doing. You can look up their bios online, but that only scratches the surface of who they are. We share the stories of why our leaders are truly extraordinary on this podcast. Joining me today is Nicholas Zacher, aka Nico, a partner in our Munich office. Today, Nico will be talking about his journey to Bain, his substantial expertise in advanced analytics and some of the incredible projects he's working on, and why our German-speaking cluster of offices continue to be a leader in both innovation and employee experience. Nico, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me. Now, Nico, we've been working together in your role leading recruiting, and we'll get to that in a few minutes, but it was really neat to have you on today because although we've worked together, we haven't known each other for a very long time, and I'm, I'm excited to sort of dig into a little bit of your background. Did you growing up know what you wanted to do professionally when you left for university or what were the things that your family or your interests were leading you towards when you started thinking about your career journey? So actually I was born in Germany. Both my parents are doctors. I have two elder siblings who are twins, one brother, one sister. And after high school, I initially did not consider consulting as a career choice, but I rather kind of was thinking about becoming a doctor like my parents or also even becoming a drummer. I love music. I love playing the drums. And in the end, I actually ended up studying Masters of Business Informatics in Hamburg, which was kind of a combination of computer sciences and business and was kind of one of the first years that it um, was offered even in, in Germany as kind of a line of study. And I was focusing at that time for my final um, thesis as well on artificial intelligence and, and big databases. And next to that, I studied one year, I did a master's in international business in, in Sydney at Macquarie University, Sydney, where I focused on marketing and entrepreneurship. And I actually became aware about consulting through some ads at the university campus, friends of mine talking about it, who actually recommended me to do an internship. And this is how I first connected with consulting through an internship. And, and I, I liked it. Yeah. Now, that major and that path through university, getting a master's yeah. in business informatics, is a pretty technical degree. You mentioned that you were considering being a drummer at some point. How did you end up doing something so technical? Did you always have sort of a math and science and technology interest? Or was it, you know, at that time, those fields were still emerging, right? Yeah, they actually were. And I'm a big math lover. So I'm, it's something I really like. And um, I like to solve mathematic riddles. And I also during my high school years, I was focusing on math and physics and and stuff like that. And I also kind of, for me, it was also about studying something where I create something and where I can not just kind of do something theoretical, but really build something that is then running. And I wanted to build machines and robots and so on. So I, I found information systems and informatics really a very compelling um, topic. And I wanted to get to know it and get to know more about it. And also in the 2000s, the internet was emerging and the, it's crazy now to think about it that it's not yet there all the time, but it was actually emerging and the amount of data available was also exponentially growing at that time. And in the 2000s as well, some initial recommendation technologies actually emerged based on tracking web, web activity, media usage and brought AI to marketing. And this was something I found interesting as well, how to kind of if you take the human behaviors, kind of the, the very human um, element of it, and you combine it with machines and, and technology, data and, uh, analytics, what you can actually do with it. 
And we had uh, Sharona Sankar King and Darcy Darnell on the podcast recently. We're not sure whether it'll be before or after this episode is released, but they talk about very similar passions and interests about this new emerging set of data that allows you to do things. I would also add as a fledgling former drummer, the precision and creativity sort of come together. It's it's not a surprise to me that you know my son produces music and the precision that he has as a former drummer as well is just really fascinating. And so it's neat to see sort of an odd blend that I'm sure someone has studied far more than I have. Let me ask a question. You ended up doing those degrees and then you mentioned you were introduced to consulting and you went into consulting. What drew you to that versus some of the other careers around that time, you know, the technology boom was still happening. And I'm sure that you had opportunities to join big tech firms or do some type of startup. You know, what led you into sure. consulting, which is a little bit of a safer path for some perspectives? Yeah. So first I actually realized during my internship that I'm a much better person and my output is much better when I'm working in a, in a team and consulting work is so much about working in a, in a team and uh, one plus one equals three or more even, and it's not kind of working yeah. alone. And I really liked it. And I actually understood that if I would actually join a big con consulting firm, I can um, kind of go on educating myself and become a better me in the end, in a very short period of time. I thought, why not join a, the big con consultancy I did my internship in and stay there for two years and then do something else? Right. Like all of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and on the other hand, I found the people very compelling and smart and nice. And it was, it felt from the first project on like working with, with friends and working with like-minded people. And I also understood that I, I will be able to learn a lot also from those people and, and build a network that is not comparable to any other network I could build in any other setting at that time. You know, we've had a few people on who've been asked the same question I'm about to ask you is things were probably going quite well, but you decided to go start your own thing and, and take a career transition. Can you talk a little bit about sort of jumping into something a little more entrepreneurial with your career? Yeah, sure. So it almost felt like the perfect job for me. So it was already kind of a, a great home, but I, I never wanted to wake up with 40 plus and say, I've always worked for the same company. So I wanted really to also experience other um, companies and, and kind of then in the end, if I still would say, yeah, consulting is my, my thing, do this as a very clear decision where I have also had other data points kind of talking as the, as a data person. So I did not yet know if at the optimum, it could have been the suboptimum as well. So this was one reason. The other one was I really wanted to found a company to understand kind of the initial stages of companies. We as top management consultants, we typically work with very big companies who are already more mature in the life stage. So I found it very interesting to learn about what does day one look like of a huge company? What did kind of people do in the beginning? And also, I really kind of had this entrepreneurial drive in me that I wanted to follow. So I decided to quit my consulting job and a lot of my colleagues at that time also said, wow, that's, that's crazy. Why are you doing that? And <laughs> right. you like it so much, but it was actually right. And it was a good choice. What's the 60 second version of what the business was? It was actually a wedding platform similar to the Knot or Wedding Wire um, for the German market initially, and also meant to be for the European market. And 
as it was meant for the European market, I was also looking for investor money then after I had set it up in Germany and it kind of grew to the second largest platform in Germany a very short time. But I was not able to actually get this investor money for Europe. So I knew I need to move on. I'm a super driven person. I did want, not, not want to kind of end up with a successful company in the wedding market in Germany, but I wanted to build something bigger. So I handed it over to another CEO. We sold it um, then in the end to an agency. And I actually joined then Home24, which is a online furniture retailer and joined them in their management team and also wanted to kind of get to know what it feels like to be in a company that is at a different life stage that already has then a series A, a series B, bigger venture capital and is kind of growing, internationalizing a lot. So I was joining them as chief international officer and then very quickly also became responsible for all the commercial activities. So kind of was then the chief commercial officer, again, then focusing on customer marketing, data-driven decisions and so on. So it kind of my journey kind of formed into a data and analytics and customer commercial journey. It's really awesome. You know, I'm going to pause there parenthetically because one of the things that a lot of people take advantage of and a lot of consulting firms weren't doing it, at least when you and I first started, but the opportunity to do an externship, you know, we have a lot of people at Bain that have that itch that they just want to scratch and they want to know before I commit to being here for the next decade, let me just make sure yeah. this is what I want to do. And now, you know, a lot of our consultants and ACs will actually leave Bain for four to six months and go work at another company and really see what it's like, which for us has been really great because when they come back to Bain, they know that it's where they want to be. They're not always wondering. Absolutely, Keith. So this would have been something I would definitely have done and, and tried out. Probably I would not have quit at that time, but rather first have done the six months externship. And I think it's a great offering we have there as Bain. And I also would recommend everyone to a little bit get to know also the outside world to make a even clearer decision for consulting. So Nico, I want to switch gears and talk about the Bain chapter in your career, because around 2013, you relocated to Munich and ended up at Bain. And can you share with people listening, what was your journey to Bain? Like many of our folks who joined Bain, you had a very successful career with good momentum and sort of took a different fork in the road into Bain. So let's talk a little bit about that and, and the motivation behind it. Sure, happy to. So my wife became pregnant at that time, actually, with our first daughter, and we decided to stay in, in Munich and I needed to leave home 24 and look for a new opportunity. And I always found Bain quite interesting. And when I actually joined the competitor a couple of years before, Bain was still quite small in Germany and in the German market. But in 2012, 2013, Bain actually had grown a lot in Germany. And I always heard about kind of this special Bain culture and so on. And I definitely wanted to get to know it. And so I actually contacted a Baini I knew, I sent her an email and I said, hey, look, I'm on the market. Do you think that I could be interesting for Bain? And she said, yeah, absolutely. So please talk to other Bainis. And she immediately connected me to someone and talked to him. And he's also a CPR partner. And I then kind of went through the interview process at Bain. And on top of my regular interviews, I did 
myself like five to ten additional interviews, meeting Bainese, yeah. as I really wanted to get to know if it's a good decision for me to actually join Bain. And already at that moment, I could a little bit feel from the outside this specific Bain spirit and this more special Bain culture with the Bainy never lets another Bainy fail. And it's something that I kind of anticipated a little bit, but only when you're a Bainy and when you're inside, you really know yeah. what it feels like and how important it actually is to have such a positive and such a, a nice culture. And the other topic I was really liking about Bain is this entrepreneurial spirit, the founder's mindset. I was a little bit afraid um, after my own entrepreneurial years that top management consulting is not anymore kind of the industry or kind of the work that actually fits me as I want to also do the entrepreneurial stuff. But within Bain, it's also very much focused on impact, on driving value for our clients and also kind of developing scalable solutions. And there were a couple of parallels I actually saw also to my entrepreneurial experiences. So this led me to then signing the contract with Bain and starting there as a manager. And I actually like the last now roughly nine to 10, 10 years. And <laughs> I became senior manager, associate partner, and then partner in 2019. That's really great to hear in the journey. And it is, I think it resonates with me and a lot of the people we've had on the show that intellectually, you understand a Bainey never lets another Bainey fail. You know, intellectually, you understand what true north means or that we're motivated by, you know, generating impact for our clients, both the companies and the executives. But it's different when you're here and you actually experience it and you see that sort of any time of day you can call someone because you need help or you want to collaborate with them on something. It just feels very different than other places I've worked and other clients that I've seen. You just sort of see like, wow, they're not, they don't feel as invested in each other as a team as we do here at Bain and, and as we are in our clients. Nico, what did you join Bain and build your expertise in? Most of our partners have deep expertise in a couple of areas. Did you stick to your sort of entrepreneurial data analytics roots at Bain? Yeah, so I actually, I joined the consumer products and retail um, practice and kind of right. in industry focus, also kind of based on Home24 and also within the competitors, I was working a lot in consumer products and retail. And I also like about consumer products and retail that it has on, on the one hand side, it has a very emotional element with products you're actually selling and it to try to convince customers that they're actually worth buying. And on the other hand, it has a very data driven um, element as you kind of have all this customer behavior data that was talking earlier about the recommendation engine, right? And all the web data that they actually had kind of digital is a big topic in retail and direct to consumer is getting bigger and bigger in consumer products. So this was actually the industry I always loved to work in and I kept working in. And also Bain enabled me to start there and to all the projects I was working on as a manager, as a senior manager, all were in con consumer products and retail, which was great. It's amazing how that all comes together because you mentioned at the very beginning of your academic journey, you were studying AI and, and sort of advanced analytics. And I feel like that is driving retail and consumer products, marketing spend and decision-making more now than it ever has in history. And it feels like you're right at the intersection of that. Absolutely, Keith. So already in one of my first projects, I had the opportunity to work with a global lead and customer at Bain. He is also based in Munich and this also enabled me to get closer to the customer practice and customer within Bain and Tales as well, marketing, pricing, category management. So stuff I was also working 
on at Home24, but also before I was focusing on with all the data analysis I, I did in terms of marketing and, and so on. Right. And the other element was that I more kind of developed my muscle in advanced analytics applied in business and at scale. And I really kind of liked the momentum that advanced analytics gained 2015, 2016, where more and more of our clients as well as for AA strategies globally, kind of really diving deep into use cases and not just doing pilots, but really scaling them globally. And I was actually also happily then um, working with a sporting goods company, for example, where we did a combination of marketing use cases and other advanced analytics use cases where we were able to first pilot them in one market and then also scale them and enable our client actually to, to scale them globally. It's like a dream come true for me. It's actually what I always love to do. And now it's here. It's in, in, in business and and there's a lot to come in the next years as well. Now, Nico, when you're doing that work, like you mentioned the sporting goods company, when I was an AC and a consultant, those would have been teams of, you know, sort of post-MBA consultants and new graduate associate consultants. How are those teams built and structured now? Are you using some of the advanced capabilities at Bain in analytics or data science alongside the sort of more traditional general management consultants? Absolutely. And so it's, it's always a mixed team. On the one hand, you need the classical consultant capabilities about kind of structuring um, strategy work, about kind of building the portfolio of use cases, building kind of the portfolio of data assets and data attributes that, that you actually, or that a company already have that you see as benchmarks in the industry, where you kind of go into the strategic discussion also where the value is and where the where, where also kind of the implementation efforts lie. On the other hand, you need to dive deep. You need to really understand the singular use cases, you need to understand the quality of the data assets. So you need to understand as well how the tech stack is set up and so on and so on. And for that as well, so for those initial projects, even that I was doing then on AA in 2015, 2016, we already kind of had teams where we had, let's say, one manager, two consultants, two data scientists or data engineers, and then also additional leverage from other data scientists, data engineers that we kind of specifically for use cases for specific phases, then also connected to our teams. It's also something that that was also new to me then compared to the experiences I made directly after my university studies. And it's also something that is more and more evolving and has been evolving in the last year. So now it's also typical to have for marketing cases to have someone, for example, within Bain from Forward to join the team and really have have people have talent and other brainies with deep expertise then also integrated into the core team of our case um, delivery. Right. And for those listening who haven't heard Pete Forsberg's episode from about two years ago, Forward is a digital marketing agency that Bain acquired a couple of years ago. And what Nico is pointing to is that those folks are integrated on the team. You know, it's not a data science department that the case team emails data to and then gets some slides back. They're on the core case team. And you actually learn a ton working alongside them. I know Nico, my recruiting team, has actually used some folks from AAG, our advanced analytics group, to do some work on surveying and things like that. And the sophistication and professional sort of expertise and experience they bring. I've been doing consulting for a long time. It's next level and it's state of the art. And it was awesome to work alongside them and just learn how they think about problems and how they view problems. And I, I hope they feel the same way working with different parts of Bain as well. 
Now, Nico, the other thing I wanted to talk about is how we know each other, because you lead up recruiting for the Germany and Austria office cluster. Can you talk a little bit about that role and the skills that you're bringing to it? It's funny hearing your story because I absolutely see some of the data science and analytics woven into how you're structuring and and pushing us forward. But maybe you could talk a little bit about how you ended up in that role and what the scope of the role is. Sure. I've always been doing a lot of recruiting interviews and I always loved people topics. And in my role as VP recruiting, I can actually bring together this love for people topics with my love for customer and marketing topics and also advanced analytics. And I'm also trying, and I tried for my first day on in being in this role to actually change how we do recruiting at Bain in in Germany and Austria um, towards being even more data-driven, towards kind of really focusing our marketing efforts where our clients are and our customers are, which is kind of the best talent in Germany and Austria. And also understanding how we can use advanced analytics and how we can use data and analytics to take out bias out of our recruiting funnel. How can we make better decisions in terms of screening CVs? How can we make better decisions in our interviews? How can we identify the the best talent out there beyond also the classical decision patterns, opinions, and so on that have been there? So one example is we decide now in Germany, Austria, when we have first round interviews. And we saw in our data of the last couple of years, if you are amongst the top 3% performing interview candidates, that we know 100% sure that you will make the second round interviews. So we decide now after the, if you are 3% first round interviewee, we already give you an offer. So you just have a partner interview with, here's your offer. As we know from our data of the last years, there's no chance that you will not make the second round. So we don't need it. And you're doing three rounds of interviews, right? So you're basically skipping around in that case? So we have two rounds normally. We have first round is two interviews. Second round is is two interviews. So you're then skipping the second round. Wow, that's really great. And then you get the offer right from there? Yeah, and for sure the interviews also love it (laughs) as they don't have have a second round. So it's you get the offer immediately and it also shows them and we we get very positive feedback. It shows them understand your data. You're touching on something that you and I and your peers on the recruiting leadership team have talked about, which is we have a lot of sort of long time shortcuts that we use to figure out what great talent is and the way the market is right now and the number of skills and capabilities we're looking for, those don't necessarily hold up. I remember, you know, once upon a time we would use standardized test scores as you know, a clear indicator of potential. And then you look at it now and you go, well, actually, what does that really tell us? It tells us how good you did on the standardized test. It doesn't tell us how good you'd be as a consultant or how good you'd be as a coach or listening to clients. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) And one of the things that was interesting is when we started using sort of a more holistic set of data, you start realizing, you know, that person's standardized test scores weren't great because they weren't doing test prep because they were training for the Olympics. Right. Or they were a student athlete and they were investing all their time in that. And that tells us a lot more about their resilience, their ability to adapt to coaching and their personal drive and motivation than whether or not the standardized test score does. And the more we're using analytics in our process, I think the better we're getting at identifying all those potential sources of talent that may not look like they looked 20 years ago or even 10, 15 years ago. Nico, one of the things that you touched on was that you're leading consultant recruiting for the Germany-Austria cluster of offices. 
Can you just share with people a little bit about those offices? If they're not familiar with them, this is a, a good chance for them to hear sort of what offices are they, you know, what types of folks are you hiring and are we hiring and are we looking for talent in those areas? Yes, I'm happy to. So in Germany, we have four offices. There's the Munich office, also my home office. We have an office in Berlin, in Frankfurt and one in Düsseldorf. And in Austria, we just opened our office in Vienna. Overall, it's those five offices. And we are also connected with our office in Switzerland, which is in Zurich. So it's then overall, we have the DACH cluster, Germany, Austria, and, and Switzerland. So first, I would say, and it was also one of the reasons that I was in the end also joining Bain, is there's still a lot of opportunity for Bain in Germany, Austria. And that's the one side. The other is we already have a very strong muscle. So we have our global muscle, we have our regional muscle, and also in, in Germany and Austria, we have a lot of business with huge clients, with the biggest brands. If you would look into our CPR leadership team calls and you see the, the slides with all our, our clients, I'm always yeah. very impressed who we are all working for. It's all the big brands and it's all the big retail and consumer products companies you can actually think of. On the other hand, there's still so much to actually drive forward there. So there are those kind of the, the topics that I'm working on, for example, customer-driven company topics, advanced analytics topics. So it's a huge space still to actually conquer and to actually kind of help our clients drive, ultimately drive a lot more, more value. And on the same token, there are new topics emerging like ESG. So ESG is, a, is an area that becomes more and more important also in discussions with our clients. In the retail industry, in consumer products, for example, food systems and how you can actually make them more sustainable or in retail, how you can actually, for example, drive, reduce energy consumption, reduce waste, reduce plastics and so on. So we have very interesting clients, very interesting topics. So that's one topic, but it's probably something that is also similar to Bain globally. Nico, as somebody sitting in the Chicago office, which for several years was the highest NPS, highest employee rated office in the system, I do actually know that, that we're facing some stiff competition nowadays from other offices, including the German cluster of offices. Can you share a little bit maybe to give me some inside scoop on what makes the German offices so special and makes the employee experience so great there? So sorry about that, Keith. We have offices that are <laughs> performing really, really well. Berlin, for example, Düsseldorf, Frankfurt, they also have been highest scoring offices globally at a certain point. And also <laughs> our German and Austria scores are really very, very good. And I'd say it's kind of the community. It's we are really living towards the never lets another Benny fail. And there's so many things that are special here. And let me kind of maybe point out one. It's our great Bane band. And it's the Bane band is so good here. <laughs> Do they have sure. a good drummer? They have a good drummer. Unfortunately, it's not me as I'm kind of focusing on my two daughters for now and for the last years, but it has a really, really good, good drummer as well. And the Bane band plays at our Christmas parties and at other parties. And it's, and when you kind of have, have seen the Bane band your first time, you can really understand what it feels like. It's, it's a real party then. And it's, unique bank culture that comes to life here a lot. That's really great to hear. And Nico, I want to wrap with a question about the future. To the extent any of us knows what the future holds, I'll ask the question anyway. You know, what gets you most excited about the next two to three years at Bain? I believe the topics I'm focusing on, like advanced analytics, like customer, they will become 
even more important in the next year. Digital is growing. Digital ecosystems are growing. Connected customer experiences right. are getting more and more important. And I'm also leading and co-leading globally our product, for example, for connected customer experiences. And I believe right. this will get a lot more traction also going forward. It's like when you look now into the ecosystems, when you use as a customer, when you use apps, even of very advanced companies and receive newsletters, it's not yet at the full potential. So there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of value for the companies and for our clients, but especially for customers and for people like us as well, Keith, to have better customer right. experiences going forward. So this is one thing, and this is really driving me, and, and, and I, I really like this going forward, and this will become true, I reckon. The other element is the German-speaking cluster, Europe, the European market within Bain. There's not just kind of the customer and advanced analytics stuff I'm doing, but it's a lot of other topics as well where we are leading and we are also kind of leading the way in Germany for a couple of topics globally. And also Europe is kind of, it has certain capabilities, certain industries where we are leading and where we also together with our colleagues globally build something and can actually drive BAME globally forward. And the third element is, and it's probably the most important, I love the Bain culture. And I see that in my role as VP of recruiting, I see the new talent coming in and I see what it feels like, right? To kind of build this bigger Bain, but still keep very grounded in our own values and still keeping this entrepreneurial spirit, despite growing as we are, is something that I where I'm very confident that we are able to contain our great culture, even if we are becoming a, an even bigger global company and global firm. That's absolutely awesome. And Nico, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today to just talk about your career journey and your experiences, as you mentioned, and I mentioned, you know, we've worked together in recruiting, and I'd like to think are working to bring in the great next generation of leadership at Bain. So thank you for your efforts and investments there, and thanks for being on today. You're welcome. It was great talking to you, Keith.